Hi, church family. I'm so glad that we have this ability to connect online. We're about to go into one of our messages and I pray it blesses you. If it does, make sure you share it with a friend and, and share the love around. Make sure that you click like or subscribe so that you don't miss any of our messages that we upload weekly. And jump in the chat so that we can connect. Even though it's virtual, let's make sure that we connect. So sit back, enjoy, and I pray that you're inspired and blessed. So my message today is losing all to know Christ, living in the rich experience of grace, living in the rich experience of grace. What an interesting thought that is. Living in the unforced rhythms of God. The unforced rhythms are interesting. Well, you're not trying to push your own way with God. You're not trying to talk God into anything. But you're happy with what God gives you. You're, you know God's in control of your life. The unforced rhythms of God is a life without stress and anguish. We're talking about heaven, entering heaven on earth. That's what we're talking about here, as it is in heaven. And I want to experience heaven. See, there is a hell that's worse than death. But there's also a heaven that we can walk and live in here on earth. And that's, that's what I want to talk about this morning. You know, a lot of the times I do coaching people, a lot of it, a lot of it, a lot of it, a lot of it is just about people getting the sense that they're walking in heaven with God. That's, that's what a lot of it is. It's being content that where they're at in God you know, and, and being happy with that. See, the, the unforced rhythms of grace is, you know what, I don't have it all together. <laughs> but there's something about being in God that it's, that it's good. That, it, that it's good, that there's no struggle in here to make it work, that you're happy, you know God's in control of your life and nothing's going to happen to you that God doesn't allow. Sometimes we pump the old devil up bigger than what he really is. He's ugly, we all know that. But I know something, he's just not as big as what sometimes we make. God is in your life. God is in your life. God. God, the creator of heaven and earth, he's in our lives. And we walk with him, we walk in his divine will. And I'm not going to let any devil tell me I'm not. Even if I don't get every prayer answered, I'm still in God, in Christ. And this is what Paul's talking about. This is what it is about, about being in heaven, being heaven, that would be in heavenly places with Christ. It's not a life without suffering. Don't think that for a moment. Not a life without hardship. It's not, but if you're looking for that, you, you, you're probably in the wrong place. You're not going to get it. God, I'm walking with you. And me and you, we're a majority. And he's on my side. I, I can afford to be filled with joy, even in, even, in, even in the midst of the battle. And so let's read from Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 to 11. And so today, it may not be a revelation you get, but it's a hunger, a hunger, a hunger, a hunger, a hunger. I want a birth in you. You know, a hunger. A hunger. I want a birth in you. But today, God, I'm happy with this, but oh, Lord, I want more of you. 
The very credentials, he says here in the Message Bible, the very credentials these people are waving around as something special. What the whole world is saying is important to achieve. What the whole world, what my neighbours are producing. And, and people run out, oh, the neighbours got this done, so I've got to get that done. The neighbours got a new car, so I got... So, you know, the credentials that the world flashes that, mate, if you get there, you're there. Has ever been there. And so we climb the ladder of life only to find out the ladder's against the wrong house. There's nothing worse than that. Honestly, there's nothing worse than that because we get old and when we get old, we, go, we look back and we say, you know, what I poured my life into, was it worth it? What I spent my health on, because your health will go. You just got to live long enough. What I spent my health on, what I spent my wealth on, has it been worth it? And, and Paul's saying here, he's saying, with the things that we wave around are special, I'm tearing them up and throwing them away in the trash. He's going against the current of, of, of culture. He's going against the current. If you've got opposition in your life, you're probably on the right track. If you haven't, we're going with the crowd. And that's a scary place. When everybody's agreeing with you, it's scary. He says, I throw it in the trash along with everything else that I used to take credit for. Can you do something and let somebody else get the credit? Oh, that's the kingdom of God. <laughs> you might have spent three years you know, witnessing to someone and talking about them about Christ and the jolly old pastor comes up and spends 10 minutes with them and they get saved. And, oh, fair dinkum, God. I've done my legwork. Well, God bless a little heart and soul. Can you do that? And It's all right. And this is what Paul's saying. I used to take credit for. And why? Because of Christ. Yes, all things I once thought were so important are gone from my life. The things that we protected, the things that we polished, the things that we spoke about, the things that we did to get people to recognize us, the things that we did to get accepted by people, the things that we did to quench this little voice inside here. We've all got one of those, haven't we? You got the little man in the house up there? Little woman in the house? Oh, he's funny, she's funny. But all oh, by Job's, they can yell, can't they? And they, and they speak. And, and he said, all of these things, he said, are gone from my life compared with the high privilege of Christ Jesus, my Lord and Master. Firsthand, uh, sorry, firsthand, everything I once thought I had gone for me is insignificant dog dung. I've dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ and be embraced by him. I didn't want any petty, inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping rules and regulations when I could and uh, could get the robust kind that comes from trusting Christ, God's righteousness. Verse 10 and 11, I give up all that inferior stuff, 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 stuff. Who's got stuff? Who's got stuff? What does stuff do? It collects cobwebs, cockroaches, ants, smells, stuff. 
We're like the people who move around. We take the stuff from one house to the next, think we're going to get rid of the cockroaches. But friends, the cockroaches are in the stuff. Think about that. The stuff. We come into the kingdom maybe. Jesus our saviour, but we've got the stuff. Paradigms and ways of thinking, expectations, the past. That's where, that's stuff. And that's where these things lie. Isn't that right? And Paul said, I count it as junk. He said, I gave up all that inferior stuff so that I could know Christ personally. Experience his resurrection power. Be a partner in his suffering and go all the way with him to death itself. If there's any way to get on, the, on this resurrection from the dead, I want to do it. So the first thing I want to talk about is to be in heaven on earth is to have a life-giving relationship with Jesus. It must be the beginning, the end, and everything in between in your life. You know what I found about Jesus? He won't play second fiddle. He just won't do it. The old saying, you can't have your cake and eat it too, it's true. We can't live in the world and still get, get the life that Christ has from us. He's got to be the beginning. He's got to be the alpha. He's got to be the omega. He's got to be the rising. He's got to be the settling. He's got to be with us when we get up in the morning. He's got to be the first words we think, Holy Ghost, what are we going to do today? He's got to be the last thought at night. Holy Ghost, I thank you for what we did today. Christ has got to be at the center. He's got to be that beginning. He's got to be at the end. Friends, today, a life-giving relationship, it, it, you can't do it. We can't be duplicitous in the kingdom of God. It's either one or it's the other. We can't, there's, there's, we've got to walk with Christ. We can't do it by coming to church once a Sunday. We can't do it by a little bit of a prayer meeting once a month at, at Remnant Room. It doesn't work. It just won't, 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 won't work. It won't work. To, to live in heavenly places, to walk in the unforced rhythms of grace, that unforced rhythms of God, you know what, I don't have it all together. I've got some dints in my emotions, Lord. My emotions may be chucking a Mickey pin today, but Holy Ghost, we're walking together in this thing. You know, we're walking together. We're doing Ephesians 4. I'm putting that old mind off. I'm renewing it day by day, and I'm being created day by day by day by day in true righteousness and holiness. Friends, that's where it's found. It's, it's, it's just, you know, Christianity is not a drug that you can take once a week and get a high. It's, it's not there. It's not, it's not found there. It's not a drug. It's not a drug that we can come in once a Sunday and get, 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 the, get the veins filled and away we go home. Oh, we're right for another week now. It's, it's not that. Christianity is not an addiction. It's, Christianity is not, it, it's not a new age change of thinking. In, it, 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 it's a spiritual change within us. 
that where we cast the old off and we take on the new and within us is birth the Spirit of God and the Spirit of God not only changes my behavior but it changes from the inside out where my inside is changed and then the outside changes. It's where my thinking, where, where I become righteous inside and when I see myself, I see somebody who's washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and because of him today, I'm a brand new creation. That's where it's at. Says John 1:12, to as many as received him, to them he gave the dunamos, the power to become sons and daughters of God. But friends, if you think you can do without the power of God, you're thinking, oh man, doesn't happen. Tried it. Worn that t-shirt out. I, I mean, it, 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 this is where it's at. It, it's it's a spiritual change. But in Christ, Paul was found has has found everything he needed. What had been gained for him now seems to be dross. Dross. When we melt metal down, we get dross on the top. We scrape it off. We scrape it off. We put it aside, and then we remelt it and try to get more out of it. But dross is just junk. It's, it's just the filthiness so that we can get the metal pure. It's just dross. He had found the pearl of great price. The pearl. Think about the pearl. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus talks about the pearl of great price. And how the merchant, as he traveled, he found this pearl. And the Bible says that, that his desire for this pearl was so great that he went and he sold all that he had so that he could gain the pearl. And Paul saw... Christ was the pearl. Once the pearl came into his life, there was no longer any room for anything else. Beauty, beauty was tied in the pearl. The, the, the pearl just captivated it. It wasn't something that just grabbed his mind, but the pearl grabbed his heart. Jesus wants to, 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 to connect our hearts to, and to, to love him, to walk with him. is the heart. He found the pearl of great price. And he was too glad. He, he was only. He was only too glad to sacrifice all that he had so that he could purchase it. It became the talisman of his complete victory. And talisman is is a word we use for for a symbol that goes before us to declare victory and to and to declare safety. The talisman was a carving that they put on the front of the old sailing ships. And they reckon while they had that there, they had good luck. A talisman can be, people have uh, good luck charms. They call that a talisman. But in the spirit, what part of the old star of David came out of a talisman that the Hebrews used to take into war with them. And it represented the children of God and who they were and what their behavior was and what they intended and, and their identity. Friends, today... Jesus had become Paul's talisman that I clothed myself in Christ. I'm in Christ now. Old things have passed away. And it says that all things have become new. What an incredible scripture that is. No longer I that live, but Christ that, Christ that lives in me. I am his pearl of great price. He is my talisman. He goes before me. When I go to battle in the spirit, he goes before me. 
He goes before me and I can rest in him knowing that he's in control of my life. And Christ had become Paul's essence to life. Well, we have these essences that we're using. Cooking, not that I know anything about cooking. Oh, my. There'd be a lot of skinny people if I was a cook, I can tell you. <laughs> but the essence gets into the food, doesn't it? And it and enhances the food. It, it brings a, a, a deep, rich flavor. And, and that's what Christ was to Paul, deep. He became captivated. He became totally consumed in Jesus, his love and his grace. Not just, not just persuaded, but deeper than that. But preoccupied, craving after, fanatical, never satisfied with the depth of his relationship, but contented with the grace that God had for him. In other words, man, there's more in there. This is why Adam and Eve sinned. Because like Adam and Eve, you and I are born with a, a hunger, a need for growth and maturity. That's why this little baby, you're not going to stop it from walking. You're not going to stop it from walking. You can come back at 13 years of age and he's still crawling on the floor and say, what are you doing down there? Oh, I gave that walk and a go and I fell over. It's just it's not for me. Never hear kids say that. Why? Because there's something in our genetics. Something in our genetics. And Adam and Eve could be tempted because of there's something in genetics to be more like God. There's something in your genetics. There's something in my genetics that says, man, you know, uh, there's got to be more. There's got to be more of Christ in our lives. Rich beyond his wildest dreams. Is there not too a deep sense in which Jesus ha has uh, reconciled all, that he might purchase for himself the church. Now think about this. Some of you need to hear this. If your view of yourself is not real healthy, can I say that without being offensive? Some of us in this room, our view of ourselves are not real healthy. I'm glad our pastor drives a nice car. There's something healthy about that. Something healthy about it. But some people wouldn't find that. There's something about healthy about understanding the fact that God purchased us. He's bride. And he's the merchant. We are the pearl to Christ. My, my head has problems with this. And if yours does, you, you're a bit like me. My head, because I know my past, and he knows my past, but his love and his grace is greater for me than mine for me. Yeah, mum? You are his pearl. While he's our pearl, we are his. And the price for us to obtain his pearl, him as a pearl, is it costs us everything. You might say, gee, Dan, that's a lot. Well, it cost him everything too for us. Cost him everything for us. And we've got to understand this fact. You are, you might say, Dan, I'm an unpolished diamond. Well, maybe you are, 
but in the hands of Jesus. I'll tell you what, he'll polish you like you'd never believe you could be polished. If you just go home with this in your mind, that you are, he, he, he paid everything, everything, everything. Oh, we are the pearl. Though only in his eyes, the eyes of love, could we be held worthy of all that he has surrendered to win us. God's after you. God's after you too. He's after you. He's after you. He's after the ones down the back seat there. He's after you. He's after you. He paid the ultimate price. It cost him everything. But you are his pearl. And you know what? He saw that before the creation of the world, Ephesians says. And when he sat back on the seventh day after he created, he sat back and what did he say? It was a good thing. I tell you what, he saw you way back at the creation of time. And he looked through millennium, thousands of years, thousands of years, and thousands of years, and he saw you sitting here today, and he saw a pearl, and he put a value on you, a far greater value than you'd ever put on you. Far greater. And he said, I'll pay that price. That's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. I'll pay it. He's worth it. She's worth it. And this is what Paul hooked on to. He said, he saw me as a pearl. He saw me of value. And you know what, friends, the world that you mix in, he might be the only one that sees a value in you, including yourself. Amazing truth. The second one is today, to have a life-giving relationship with Jesus is to know his true value. His true value. Yes, all the things that I once uh, thought were so important are gone from my life compared to the high privilege of, Christ, of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. First hand, everything I once thought had going for me is insignificant. It's insignificant. What's that song, old song we sing? Turn your eyes upon... Steve would know this one. We could do it as a duo, Steve. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of the earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory. struggle with that song <laughs> I struggle with it I struggle with it when I first got saved my pastor said to me Dan I want you to go home and I want you to tell yourself that you're a nice person who's ever been told to say that I said oh mate you're asking a big thing here it took me about four weeks to just to get it out. I'm a nice person. I went back so proud. 
And he said, now I want you to put your name in there. I said, no way, mate. I didn't realise it was a pool. I didn't realise the value that he put in me. What was his true value? Because if you see the value, the true value of Jesus, and he paid that for you and I, something happens spiritually inside when we grab that, that revelation. It's only when we know the value of something or someone will we ever pay the price to obtain it. It's not about the value that the world puts. And see, there, there's a thing called price and there's another thing called value. Today, the prices of houses don't match the value of the house. Who would agree? They don't. That's the price. It's not the value. It's like you show, you know, what does it profit a man if they gain the whole world? Gain. What does it profit and gain are two different things as well. But lose their own soul. And so what's the true value? It's not when we realize the true value of your husband, your wife, your children, that you treat them the way they should be treated. You know, if, if husbands viewed their wives and valued them the way they should, there wouldn't be domestic violence and vice versa. There wouldn't be workplace bullying. When we valued people, and we, to value Christ, to value Christ, to, to value the one who, who's my talisman, to value the one that walks daily with me, to value the one who I'm hid in Christ. So that they don't see me, they see Christ and Him glorified. Guys, are you getting what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's no longer I that live it, but Christ. I value Christ. My own righteousness, <laughs> well, Paul said they're like filthy rags. But oh, by Job's in Christ, there's value. Only when we know, <laughs> only when we know his true value can we know what he laid down to free us from sin. And only when we know the true value, <laughs> oh, there's a second one for you if you want. It's only when we know his true value that we can start to realize our true value. Only when we realize his true value. Because we may not value ourselves as much, but all that we value, he laid that lay for you, my friend. In the second row, there's something God wants you to know as special. How special. Pastor Ains, how special you are. How valuable you are. How valuable you are. How valued. And it's when we realize his value that we start to see our value. Ephesians 1.18, having the eyes of our understanding enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of our calling and what is the riches of the glorious inheritance in the saints. God inherited us through the death of Christ. And God sees that as a very valuable inheritance through Jesus. It is well to go over these successive links in this paragraph, in this, this bit of scripture here, in our prayer time, appropriating them one by one 
and asking whether we have received the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know Christ and whether the eyes of our heart have been enlightened to know the hope, the riches and the glory and the greatness of his power insofar as we yield ourselves to the strength of God's might. He will rise us up from the grave of selfishness. Listen to this. He will raise us up from the grave of selfishness and cause us to sit with Christ in a place of spiritual life and power. He will raise us up. You know what? When we hang on to a negative self-image of ourselves, when we hang on to lies about ourselves, we are being selfish because we're choosing to believe what we believe ourselves instead of choosing to believe what God believes about us. And to lift us out of that cave of selfishness. Oh, you don't know me, Dan. You don't know what I've done. Well, God knows and God still chooses to think that you are a pearl of great price. God knows more about you than you know about you. He knows the motivations of your heart that you don't. Guys, I spend hours counselling people just to help them to find out what's underneath all of that stuff. <laughs> hours and hours. I, I, can't, I need counsel. I, I, I need some therapy because I, I don't know why I'm doing what I'm doing. And the therapist sits there for hours to help them to discover only to find out that God knew that all along. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Oh, now, oh, gee, now you're right, Dan. I didn't think of that. But God still chooses to think that you're his pearl. And the last one, do I have a life-giving relationship? Giving relationship with Jesus is to have no identity of our own, but one found in Christ. John the Baptist said, I must increase so that he can increase. Where there's more of me, there's less of God. Where there's less of me, there's more of God. Now, Message Bible, Eugene Peterson put in such a beautiful way. You are blessed, happy, and fortunate to be envied when you come to the end of your rope because where there's less of you, what is there? There's more of God. Have you ever come to the end of your rope? I have a number of times in my life where I said, God, I've got no more to give. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? It's a guy, I, I, I'm at my limit. I, there's no more left of me. And somebody comes along and says, well, that's a good place to be. What do you want to do? <laughs> we can't say what we want to do because we're in church. But, 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 but to be honest, where there's less of you, there is more of God. We've gone past the natural. I want to finish on this thought. You know, there's no self-made people in heaven. There's no self-made people in heaven. In the world, we skite about that, don't we? Oh, he's a self-made man. She's a self-made woman. Or if only you knew what she had to battle through. If you only had to knew, you know, the disabilities they had and have overcome, I'm telling you what, that's that stuff that Paul spoke about. Let's put it in a rubbish bin. That's the desire to live. That's just the natural desire to, to exist. We're talking about something in a different plane than that. We're talking about something that's in a different realm. To have the spiritual breakthrough that we need to have. To walk in that unforced rhythms. 
And, and church, I want to leave you with this thought. If you think that heaven is a place without suffering, heaven on earth is a place without suffering, I'm telling you what, <laughs> you're looking in the wrong place. For those who walk in the kingdom of God know much suffering. There's many prayers that aren't answered. There's many questions of why. Many of them. And a lot of us in this room have got those questions. I've got loads. So I have a good mate I used to work with. He says, Dan, I don't believe in God. I said, I do. But the trouble is, I want to know more about what he's like. Because he's asked so many things I don't understand. Who's been there? But you can be in that place and still walk in the unforced rhythms. You can still walk in that place saying, God, emotionally I'm a bit unstable at the moment. God, emotionally, I don't know where it's at. You know, God, you know, God, I think this is unjust. And God, I think, but you know what, God, <laughs> I know, I know, you're my talisman. You go before me. And I know that I'm hid in you. The scripture said, we're hid in Christ. You are my righteousness. You are my defender. You are my buckler. You are my shield. You are my confidence. You are my miracle worker. You are my saviour. Come on, that's what he is to us today, isn't he? You are the alpha. You are the omega. You are the beginning. You are the end. You're my strong tower. You're my high priest. You are everything to me. And today, if we understand that and live in that place, we will live in a world that we never thought possible. And the burdens we carry will be for the burdens of the lives of other people, for the souls of the lost people, for the souls of people who are broken, for people today who are struggling with their past, people today who are struggling with where they're at, people today who are struggling with fear, anxiety, and all the things that the enemy can throw at them. To walk in heaven. To walk in heaven where the burden of souls weigh heavily on your heart. You see, when you walk in heaven, you can put your own needs apart. You can put them aside and say, today, Jesus, your needs are going to be my needs. The souls of people are going to be my needs. Does that make sense? I count all things as lost for the excellence of Christ Jesus, my Lord. So how about we just bow our heads and pray?